Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I'd like to welcome you to episode number 29, where I welcome back to the podcast, Ayurvedic Dr. Mary Alice Quinn, and we talk about the circadian rhythms and how when properly aligned, the circadian rhythms can promote healthy, happy lives. Coming up next. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and it is my deepest desire to journey with you down the path to better health, mind, body, and spirit through the practice of mindfulness and spiritual awakening. Here in the sacred space, we will examine how the practice of higher consciousness and self-awareness can actually lead us to an optimal state of physical and spiritual health. We will talk about the various ways to increase our awareness and support one another along this beautiful journey. Thank you for being here and welcome. I'm here today speaking with Mary Alice Quinn. Mary Alice is a National Ayurvedic Medical Association peer-reviewed Ayurvedic doctor and clinical herbalist serving clients both nationally and internationally since 2004. She is a senior instructor for the California College of Ayurveda and the International Integrative Educational Institute's professional training programs. She currently resides in Sacramento, California, where she has an active private practice blending Ayurvedic nutritional therapies and daily rhythms, as well as personalized herbal remedies and body therapies to assist her clients in achieving and maintaining healthy, satisfying, and balanced lives. She was also my instructor for my Ayurvedic health counseling program through the California College of Ayurveda. Hi, Mary Alice. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Sherry. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to talk to you again. It's been a little while since we chatted. So It has. It has. I've been looking forward to catching up with you. Yeah. Same here. And also, uh, happy first day of summer. <laughs> happy first day of summer, summer solstice. Yes, indeed. Since we're going to be on the subject of extra light and time. Perfect. And, How appropriate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great day to do this. We're talking today on the topic of the circadian rhythms, which we've all heard that word, that concept, that term. but I'm not quite sure if we really know. Um, I know myself, I'm speaking too for myself what exactly it means, how powerful is this circadian rhythms in our, for our health and our wellness and what exactly is it? I just thought I would start with a very simple definition. So we start at some kind of point. Circadian rhythms are physical, mental, and behavioral changes that follow a 24 hour cycle. And these natural processes respond primarily to light and dark and affect most living things, including animals, plants, and microbes. You got it. That's a lovely definition. What the heck does that (laughs) even mean? (laughs) This is our natural biorhythm that is intimately connected to the cycle of light and darkness. If you think back in history, the one thing that was consistent on our planet was the influence of the sun. So literally every microbe from archaea all the way up to complex organisms like humans are intimately connected to these rhythms. 
of light and dark. In fact, every single cell in your body we now know has clock genes. And these are expressions of function based upon influence of light and dark. And so literally every rhythm in our body is connected to the cycle of light and dark because that's the one constant. That is our north star, right, so to speak. That is our set point that governs every function in the human body and right down to every single organism. That's incredible. I, I had no idea our cells, and this is plants too, right? This is every living yes. thing? Yes. When you say that, that every cell is, is programmed too to this circadian rhythm, the way it behaves. And so now I, I know we're going to probably dive deep into the circadian rhythms affecting us on a day-to-day basis yes. and how, if we don't know that, like, well, we'll talk about hormonal um, effects, yeah. right? Just mm-hmm. maybe we could start with sleep. For sure. Or wherever Absolutely. you want to start. But I know that that's a big problem you know, for people with insomnia and things like that, where they're just not sleepy at night or they just can't get to sleep. So mm. take it well, away because I'm fascinated. You, you say how the cycle of light and dark affects us from day to day. We can even say moment to moment, right? Because literally this rhythm directs how our body digests food, how we prepare for sleep, how we regulate our hormonal rhythms resetting your blood sugar, detoxification, literally every single function in the human body is dependent upon the cycle of light and dark. And in fact, these clock genes, they have their own rhythm. In fact, even your microbiome has its own rhythm based upon light and dark. There are some microbes in your gut that are more active during the day and others that are more active at night. And this is changing moment to moment, right? By so many influences from what we think to what we consume to what we are exposed to. But the most influential of these is the rhythm of uh, light and dark. What if I told you that it's easier to wake up before six o'clock in the morning than after? Would you believe that that's true? Have you experienced that in your own body? Yes, I naturally wake up around five, 5.30 all my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But I know that, most people do not. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But if they actually knew that it's easier to wake up before six o'clock than it is to wake up after. What if I told you that if you ate the same foods earlier in the day versus later in the day, if you front loaded your caloric intake, you took the vast majority of your nutrients in earlier in the day versus later in the day, not only would you digest that better, but you would metabolize that better, which means that these foods um, have the potential to actually cause you to gain weight versus just nourish your body and potentially even lose weight. The same diet, yeah, has a different effect depending upon when you consume it. Even exercise, right? So we're hitting on the three most important things for health, sleep, diet, and movement. Even your exercise, if I told you that exercise in the morning, especially cardiovascular exercise, is actually more energizing for your body than it is later on in the day, in the evening, where it actually it can be more depleting to your body. Right, we're talking about the same things. And this is important because in our culture, we're so tuned into the what, but we haven't paid attention to the when. 
right? And so we think that it doesn't really matter if I am missing out on sleep because I'm working on a project, I've got a deadline, I'll catch up on that sleep on the weekend, right? Yeah, exactly. We have this idea that it's like a bank account where you take a, 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 a withdrawal, you put in a deposit. It doesn't work that way, no. right? All of our cells are dependent upon these rhythms. And we are either going to live in harmony with these rhythms and therefore our bodies will work like a well-oiled machine getting what it expects at the appropriate times or there's going to be ultimate chaos right which we know chaos breeds disease dis-ease right yes. especially when it comes to chronic disease right so this is what researchers are now called chronobiology mm -hmm. which is the study of our bi biology based upon these rhythms of light and dark which ayurveda has been promoting yep. for thousands of years <laughs> not just the what and the why but the when right the when is so incredibly important so you want to talk a little bit about sleep and i think that's a perfect place to start so what research is called chronobiology which by the way back in 2017 researchers won the nobel prize for understanding the, the circadian rhythms and how they affect uh, the wow. human organism which wow. again 20 it took us until 2017 to recognize this where yeah, exactly. you know in ayurveda for at least at, you know in terms of the written text we're talking about 5000 even 10000 years ago this was a very well established fact of living right how do we prevent disease we do this through understanding that it's not just about what we do but when we do these things that makes the ultimate difference so we know that everything in ayurveda is based upon the theory of the three doshas this is called tridosha theory and these are the three basic energies that govern everything in our natural universe this is kappa energy uh, which is based upon the influence of earth and water elements that begins every cycle and then we have pitta energy um, which is all about the maintenance of the cycle based upon fire element and then finally we have vata dosha uh, which is the end of every cycle and that is based on ether and air elements so i like where you want to start with sleep because ultimately a good day starts the night before Mm -hmm. right? That's true. So <laughs> if we start at the end of the day, which in Ayurvedic terms would actually be, be the beginning of the night, um, we're going to drop into the kapha time. So let me back up and say that we have, uh, we have broken down a day into 24 hours, mm -hmm. right? And if we break those 24 hours into roughly 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night, and we take one 12 hour chunk and we divide that by three doshas, then that gives us four hours for each cycle, right? So Ayurveda breaks a 24-hour cycle into six parts, right? Or six rhythms, six periods of time. And that sounds like a lot, and it may sound a little confusing, but if you understand three of the six, then you automatically have the other three. Right, exactly. Yep. So the kappa time, which is what we're saying is the time of the, the day and or night, where the kappa energy of earth and water is most dominant runs from six in the evening until 10 at night right so from six to ten and remember that each of these rhythms is it's not like a light switch that just turns on and off it's a energy that builds it comes to a peak right a crescendo and then it retreats mm -hmm. so the kappa energy begins 
really before six o'clock, but it really is very active at six, peaking at eight o'clock, and then finally winding down by 10 o'clock. Right. Now, if we're tuned in, we see that the sun is setting at this time, right? This kappa energy is earth and water, so it's heavy and it's moist and it's stable. It's very grounding. We get very sleepy, right? right? And primarily because of the fact that we are not exposed to light, right? That light coming in through the optic nerve that communicates with the hypothalamus tells us that night is coming. And so we start to produce melatonin. Um, now, if we are outside of our artificial environments, then we're going to experience the effect of this hormone melatonin and we're going to feel sleepy, right? right? You will feel very sleepy come eight o'clock. Have you experienced that in your own, right? You're like, it's eight o'clock. Seems really early. Lights right? out at nine for me. I love it. That's <laughs> so good. It's, so it's good. just the way I was born, which is, you know, maybe we can talk about that later. It's like, why mm. are some people this way and other people are night owls or whatever, but yes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that Ayurveda busts the myth of the night owl. It just is the fact that in modern times, we are not connected to this circadian rhythm because we have this artificial stimulation that keeps us out of tune with it. So if you take those same people that swear by the fact that they are quote unquote night owls and you drop them in the middle of the forest, <laughs> right? Come eight o'clock, just like every mammal that is connected to this rhythm will get sleepy, right? You uh -huh. won't have the artificial stimulation of light coming in that will override that sensation. And so you'll get sleepy just like everybody else. And it may take a little persistence, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit of rewiring the hard drive to really, it's not like the first night, but they do research with groups of people that have difficulty sleeping and they put them in natural environments away from artificial light. And lo and behold, their biorhythm comes back into alignment. Wow. Right. Yeah. So we, we're getting nice and sleepy right now at the Kappa time. This is why Ayurveda recommends that we get to bed by 10 o'clock right? Yeah. Somewhere within that window of time. Because if we don't, we miss this opportunity to take this ride of kappa down into a low ebb, right? And have a deep, more restful, restorative night's sleep. In fact, it's easier to fall asleep earlier than it will be later. Because then we start to get into the second cycle, yeah. right? You know what's on the rise. Yeah. Um, what energy is now on the rise in Pizza. Ayurveda? Pizza's Pizza on the dosha. rise. <laughs> you know what, when you put, when you push yourself and you fight that clock yes. inside and yes. you're like, I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to fight this sleepiness right now at nine o'clock and I'm going to stay up. You're out to dinner or you're at a party. Yes. And yep. then you, again, you get that second wind. Second wind. Yep. That kicks in. Exactly. <laughs> and it's fire. Fire is about transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're sleeping, this is important because if you're sleeping, this next cycle of Pitta that begins at 10 and goes for another four hours, right? Which would be until two in the morning, peaking at midnight. This is when we get our most restorative sleep. This is when everything is resetting itself because Pitta is intimately connected to the organs of fire, which your liver is a perfect example of that. It's doing all of this metabolism. It's cleansing the blood. It's resetting your hormones. It is resetting your blood sugar levels, 
right? It's detoxifying your organism. Thank you, liver, every single night. If you are asleep, this transformation is occurring within the body to hit the reset button, right? But if we don't take that opportunity of kappa and fall into a nice, deep, restful sleep, then we get that second wind, pitta's on the rise, and now it's about transformation, or aka digestion, of our external environment. What happens to the liver cleanse, right? Well, exactly, because yeah. we're taking that energy in order to digest information, entertainment, or food. Yep. There's no coincidence that we have something in our culture called the midnight snack. Why do we get so hungry at this peak time of midnight? It's because it's the dominant time of pitta, right? right? The energy of digestion. Yeah. So if we're sleeping, we get all of these benefits. If we're not sleeping, that energy is being put towards other priorities, let's say, or other pursuits. Right. Entertainment, information, or food. And so we don't get that reset. And so it's not a neutral effect. It's not like, oh, I just didn't get the reset. You're, it's almost like if we th think in terms of a bank account, you're taking a withdrawal from your bank account of health. Mm. You know, when you're sleeping, you're actually putting a deposit in. Right. And so again, it's not a neutral effect. It's not like I just didn't put the deposit in. I actually took out a withdrawal, which is fine once in a while. We're right, all right, going right. to have those nights where we stay up. We're all going to have those deadlines that need to be prioritized. But this cannot be a way of life because then we are going to wind up bankrupt. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And which you know can I just insert before we move on to the next yes. phase? Let's speak about the people who work the night shift then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what happens? This is really challenging. So we do know that these clock genes are most significantly influenced by the influence of light and dark, but there are other social cues that can keep our body in rhythm, which are eating and also sleeping. And so those are two other things that we can use to keep the body in rhythm. Now, of course, sleeping is not going to work, when we're in the night shift. And honestly, the best thing that I could say is that our human organism is not designed to thrive in that kind of a cycle. Thank goodness that we do have people who are able to and willing to work those jobs, right? We need firefighters, we need um, people in the hospital, we need police officers, right, that work, we need security guards, all of these individuals are necessary. Yeah. But Ayurveda would encourage those who have, let's say, a sturdier constitution, that mm -hmm. are more kappa in nature, that don't require as much sleep, and have, let's say they have less sensitivity, right. um, are the ones that can really be exposed to those kinds of rhythms, and not fall into chronic disease as easily. Let's okay. say. But the okay. fact of the matter is, is that it, there's going to be a compromise, yeah. right? There's just yeah. no good way to say it other than the fact that it's not ideal. Right. Um, we can still keep some rhythms, right? We can try to keep a regular routine, regardless of that night shift. But mm -hmm. there is going to be, you know, a little bit of a, let's say a debt to pay. Yeah, yeah, right. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I do want to mention What's very common in our culture is that, and we'll, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the, the cycle during the day, but we tend to wait till the evening hours to eat the vast majority of our nutrients, right? Uh -huh. There's a well-established fact that our digestion is not the strongest at that time, right? But let's say like the average American household will have their main meal is their dinner. 
Yep. And that's the vast majority of the calories that they're going to take in. And so now if we are digesting our food during this pit of time, once we get into that cycle past 10 o'clock into the wee hours of the um, morning, I like to use the analogy like when a person has a housekeeper come, it is very common practice to clean up before the housekeeper comes. Right. Um, which I always thought was kind of an interesting thing because very I'm like, is that what the housekeeper does? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but why do you think most people clean up for the housekeeper? Probably just so that they can access, you know, it's it's like less clutter and they can just go in and really go at it without interruption and yes. messing they with do, the little stuff. They do the deep cleaning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They do the deep cleaning. And so, you know, if you have a bunch of stuff all over, then they're going to do the superficial cleaning, right? They're going to straighten up, put things away, right? When you clean up for the housekeeper, meaning that you put all your stuff away, then they do the deep cleaning. They're the ones that are going to do the countertops and the floors, right? And the yeah. walls and the windows, right? Yeah. And the same thing is happening inside our bodies. If we eat late at night, then we are processing those nutrients. We are, we are digesting and metabolizing those nutrients and we don't get this reset of detoxification where our bodies are doing the deep cleansing, right? right? And so that's why Ayurveda recommends that we eat early and we eat light, light because number one, we don't have a strong capacity to digest at that time. And number two, early so that we have plenty of time to digest and metabolize those nutrients before we're in this phase of pitta from 10 to 2 so that the body can do the deep cleaning, right? You have literally housekeeping contractions. This is what science calls them. Housekeeping <laughs> contractions within your intestines that are getting rid of any debris within your intestines in between meals, which of course, we have a long period of time of fasting that we're doing in that nighttime sleep cycle. Right. Um, so if we fall asleep in the cup of time, we mm -hmm. fall asleep easier, we get this reset of the pitta time, our most restorative sleep, where not only the body is resetting, but remember the brain and the nervous system are resetting as well. Mm. Right. And so your brain is processing the information that you took in from the day. It's storing what it needs. It's dumping what it doesn't. And literally your brain is detoxifying during this time. Yeah. Right. That adds a whole nother layer of priority to our sleep. During, pizza, during, pizza. during the pizza time. Exactly. Right. Okay. Because we know that one of our biggest concerns with aging are brain diseases. Right, yes. where we literally have a buildup and a buildup of toxicity within the brain and a die off of neurons, right? right? Yeah, um, that's causing a lot of inflammation and that inflammatory damage. So now we get into the wee hours of the morning, which is the end of the night cycle. Now this is dominated by vata, and this is where our sleep is most active. Our subconscious is the most active. This is where you're likely going to have a lot of vivid dreams. This is not the, the, the reset detox sleep. This is where your nervous system is the most active. And so this is dominated by Vata Dosha, which is a energy governed by ether and air elements. So it's cold and it's light and it's dry and it's mobile, right? And so this is from two in the morning until six, peaking at four o'clock, which researchers figured out that your body temperature is the lowest at four o'clock in the morning, right? Peak Vata time. Mm 
that yep. cold energy. Mm -hmm. And if you have a lot of vata in your nervous system, then you will likely suffer from a type of insomnia called sleep maintenance insomnia, where it's not difficulty falling asleep, but it's difficulty staying asleep. Right. And so it, that's this Ayurvedic aficionados and practitioners understand intimately those individuals who are waking up at four o'clock in the morning, right, bright eyed. And then the mind starts going because all of that vata in the nervous system is at its peak. Exactly. Right? I experience that sometimes. Yes. Yes, I do. Very, yeah. very common. Yeah. Very common. Yeah. Yep. Now, we, we want to begin our day. And so, as I mentioned, if you learn the first three rhythms, the kappa, the pitta, and the vata times, the rhythms for the next half of the cycle is exactly the same, right? So we go back into the kappa time from uh, six in the morning till 10 in the morning, peaking at eight o'clock. And so I posed the question, uh, what if I told you that it's easier to wake up before six o'clock than it is after? And Ayurveda explains this by understanding Tridosha theory, that if we wake up before six o'clock, we're still in the influence of Vata, right? And so you have that lightness, you have that energy, right? You have that connection to the ether. And people wake up at that time, they look at their alarm clock and they say, it's only 5, 5.30, it's way too early. Go let back me go to, sleep. to sleep. And let me let <laughs> Kafa really dump on me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Um, and I spent many, many years yeah. um, in this same rhythm and not understanding why, because I said, well, I got more sleep, I should feel more rested. Right. Exactly. If we think it again in terms of only our sleep is a bank account where we can, you know, freely take deposits or make deposits and take withdrawals, um, not thinking about the circadian rhythm, which is a hormonal rhythm. Right. And so now we go back to sleep. We wake up at eight o'clock peak kappa time, earth and water, and we feel like we've been hit by a truck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And many people, most people don't know why. That That's is right. just like you said, I got more sleep. Why do I feel so exhausted? That's right. And then the problem is, is that we have to take that cup of energy and try to motivate it into the rest of our day. And it will have a residual effect on how we feel. Yeah. It'll have a residual effect on our energy, on our mood, on our digestion right? So that's why Ayurveda says not only is it important to get to sleep in the kapha time, right, at the night before, but that early morning rise is really important so that you are waking up in the vata time, or at least at the end of that cycle, not deep into the kapha time of the morning, because that energy is designed, we'll say designed, um, it exists, uh, really to our benefit to bring us back down after we have woke up and we are bright and we are alert and we're energetic, that Vata energy now has to be grounded, right? And that grounding energy comes from Kappa that begins at six and then we have our breaking of our fast, right? Which is our breakfast, right? Put a little kindling on our digestive fire, right? Exactly, yep. Um, and um, then we get to move on. So exercising during yeah. kappa time? Is this is really actually one of the best things that we could do. We do want to exercise in the kappa time to offset that kappa energy, right? Right, Because kappa is heavy and it's slow and it's dense. And so not only do we have our greatest strength at this time, 
right? Because we've reset all of our rhythms, right? Our muscles have restored and repaired, and we're in the cup of time where we have a natural strength and resiliency, but we also need to offset the heaviness with movement, right? And so we move the body, we move the breath, and we're invigorated for the rest of our day, which is why I mentioned that exercise or movement in the morning, in the cup of time, is one of the best things that you can do to energize yourself for the rest of the day. Now, my daughter always likes to go to the gym in the evening. Yes. She doesn't like to exercise in the morning. Why, mm -hmm. why would someone be more apt to want to exercise in the evening? Well, we do have the Vata energy that ends at six o'clock, mm -hmm. right? And remember, Vata is intimately connected to the nervous system. And yeah. so a lot of individuals will have a bit of that boost or that burst of Vata energy in that frame from two to six. And it's often a bit of a nervous energy, if yeah. I could say it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and some, so some individuals will learn to manage that energy with movement. Gotcha. Um, and it's not that they shouldn't move, but there are particular types of movement that are more ideal at certain times than others, right? When we talk about rigorous movement like cardio, much better suited in the morning time in order to offset the cup of energy, but something like yoga, Tai Chi, um, maybe even some swimming would be more beneficial in the Vata time, right? In order to kind of soothe that nervous energy. And of course, when I say swimming, I have to differentiate between really rigorous, vigorous kind of cardio swimming and more like, let's say water aerobics or gentle lap swimming, right? Because right. the water element, right? It is exactly. moist and stable. Yeah. And so breakfast time would be optimal at 8 a.m.? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's right. But remember, this is a, an important meal, but not in Ayurvedic terms, the most important meal, right? right. And there's that's right. a, an important distinction because yeah. we want to, again, come back to another Ayurvedic concept, Agni, fire, mm -hmm. right? And the word Agni means fire, and that is the way that we look at our digestion, uh, is governed by fire. We know that digestion requires an incredible amount of acidity and enzymes in order to break down those molecules so we can absorb them. But this is also a process that's just beginning in the morning. And so we do want to treat it like breaking a fast, right? That's what breakfast is all about. We wanna just put a little kindling on that fire, right? We don't wanna put a big log on some glowing embers um, right. which is your digestive fire, right? You want to put a little kindling on that fire so that you actually kick that fire up, which means that you are supporting your the building of your digestive fire so that come the next cycle, which is Pitta, yeah. and when the sun is at its peak, its zenith in the sky, so is our digestive fire, and we will have the greatest capacity to digest absorb and assimilate and metabolize those nutrients in that pitha window of the day, right? So a lot of people will say, clients of mine, in fact, yes. they'll say, I work during the day and it's really hard for me to have this big meal or yes. nutrient dense meal at lunchtime. That's right. It's true. So how You know, it's hard to work that in. You know, Sometimes. Sherry, I'll tell you that Modern society is not designed for optimal health. 
That's just the fact of the matter. And we're up against this battle. And so we've got a decision that we have to make. We can either understand these laws of nature and work in, in small increments to align with them. And life becomes about kind of floating downstream or we can either fight them or be completely ignorant of them. And then life is about rowing upstream, right? Everything is harder, right? It's harder on our bodies. It is more taxing to our tissues. And we don't get the advantage of being in alignment with these biorhythms that facilitate each of these processes, right? And so something is going to get compromised and something has to change. Either we have to change into these natural rhythms or we have to accept the consequences of being out of alignment with them. Exactly. And so it's so important that we're sharing this information because a lot of people don't know about how the digestion works with circadian rhythm and the the time of the day and when digestion is strongest. And so when you know, when you're conscious of what's happening in your body, you really try harder to accommodate that. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. So you, you hit on the first most important aspect of change, which is awareness, right? First, we have to cultivate the awareness, right? We have to understand how our bodies are influenced by these rhythms. And then the awareness of that helps us to tune into the sensations that are connected to these rhythms. And then we find out that when we are working towards alignment with them, we feel better and there's an inherent benefit in that. And we want more of that. Right. right? Exactly. Just like I was explaining how, you know, waking up later in the morning, although seems like a good idea, doesn't feel as good. Right. And just like eating in the evening seems like it's the most convenient thing to do, but it doesn't feel as good. Exactly. I wake up feeling heavier, more sluggish, not more retaining more water, more bloated, more inflamed. Right. All of those things are happening. Right. Yeah. And with the increase in remote working now that people they can, it's a good opportunity to take advantage of. Good point. That you're absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. So we put a little kindling on the fire to get that going. Now, this is also important. What's common in our culture is that we are dealing with an epidemic of obesity. And so there's a lot of people that want to lose weight. And so we think, well, I'm going to fast, right? I'm going to keep that fast going. I'm going to practice intermittent fasting and I'm going to fast all day long. And then I'm going to eat the majority of my calories. I'm going to break that fast later on in the day. And the problem with that is that it's out of alignment with the natural rhythms of the body in tune with the cycles of light and dark when we are digesting, uh, when we have the greatest capacity to digest in the middle of the day, right? right? right. And so this is where I was saying that the same diet taken at different times of day has a different effect on the body, right? In fact, the same calories that we eat early in the day can actually cause us to gain weight in the evening. Right. When we are not digesting and therefore we're not metabolizing and we're also storing mm-hmm. because what are we getting ready for a long night's sleep? Yeah, we're, we're inert. Exactly. Our muscles are not moving. Right. All of our organ systems are um, on, on their very basic function. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and so that will naturally cause us to store more calories, a.k.a. build fat. Right. right. So we want to break the fast. We want to stoke the Agni, kick your metabolism up. And then by 
the middle of the cycle, which again goes from 10 in the morning until two in the afternoon, peaking at 12 noon, mm -hmm. then we are the hungriest as well. And this is another phenomenon, one of those natural rhythms that we can tune into. If you skip breakfast and you don't put a little kindling on that fire, that fire will remain um, a, a low ebb, right? It'll be glowing embers within your system. You won't get hungry until later on in the afternoon, if at all, right? Right, yeah. If you eat in the morning, um, it's a little counterintuitive, but you'll actually be hungrier come midday. Yep. Right, because you've turned on that fire and right. now you have a greater capacity to digest and metabolize, utilize those calories exactly. to run the body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amazing. We've experienced this where you skip breakfast and you're not hungry. You can go well into the later hours of the day versus when you eat, you get much hungrier, much quicker. Completely. It's again, counterintuitive for those who think in terms of weight loss being just about calories in calories out. Yeah. without considering the timing. Right. right. So I've never even thought about that. I've skipped breakfast and then I can just go. I can go to yep. like four o'clock. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Because we've kept metabolism <laughs> off. Right. If you remember digestion and metabolism are intimately connected. Right. So if you keep your digestion, quote unquote, turned off, mm -hmm. um, then you also keep your metabolism turned off, which is the rate at which your cells burn calories. Amazing. Right. So yeah. we want to turn that on, especially for those who want to lose weight. We have to put a little kindling on that fire to stoke that fire, turn the digestion and therefore the metabolism on. And then when we're tuned in with these natural circadian rhythms, we will get we'll feel genuine hunger in the mid uh, portion of the day, mm -hmm. in the middle of the um, daytime cycle, especially peaking at noon. And then we eat a, a large relaxed meal that we have the full capacity to digest. Yeah. Um, and then we utilize that energy for the rest of the day. We're not sleeping on it. We're not storing it, right? right. We're utilizing it. Right. And so Ayurveda was the original proponent of intermittent fasting, but it took into account that the when means everything. Right. Yeah. Not just the what, not just, oh, okay, I'm going to eat for some window and then fast for another window. When you eat and when you fast makes all the difference. Right. Exactly. And so for, for the listeners, when we're talking about, cause they'll maybe be thinking, what's, what would I eat for breakfast? That would be a little mm -hmm. kindling. Yes. Like, then they'll, you know, because a lot of people today like smoothies, right? Like right dairy yogurt with fruit smoothies right or you know so i think or they'll have a bowl of cereal with you know mm -hmm. cow's mm -hmm. milk or you know cold cereal or right so just a little example and i know it has to do with yeah. the time of year and their doshas and all but that's right that's right an example of a little kindling like a stewed apple For sure or perfect um that's one of the most famous agni kindlers in ayurvedic medicine is stewed fruit a stewed apple is appropriate all year round, although it tends to be a very seasonal fruit in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, it is something that is easily available all year round and is easy to digest, has great amounts of fiber, which are the 
prebiotics that feed your healthy microbes. And we typically would stew that with a little bit of spice, like clove is a very common mm -hmm. ingredient. Yeah. Um, and this is the most simple thing you can do. You take an apple, you cut it up into pieces, ditch the core. I like to keep the skin on because there's lots of polyphenols. These are nutrients that don't have calories, but have a lot of other biochemical advantages, like their antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds. Yes. Um, so you put for each apple, it's a fourth of a cup of water and a couple of cloves, literally just one or two whole clove buds. And then you bring that to a boil and let it simmer for literally like five, maybe 10 minutes maximum. Yep. The apple gets nice and soft. You put that in a bowl, you eat the apple, you drink the delicious apple spiced clove water that yeah. comes with it. Yeah. And if you need a little more sustenance, which some people might, you can always put a little bit of ghee to get that fat. You can put some toasted uh, sunflower seeds to get a little protein and fat along with that. Again, if you need something a, a little bit more sustaining. Right. But this is often <laughs> also used as a pre-breakfast for those who do have more caloric needs. Okay. So for those who have a low digestive fire along with weight gain and or buildup of toxicity, that means they see more ama coating on their tongue, yeah. then a stewed apple or stewed pear is perfect or any other seasonal fruit. Yeah. Um, for those who have more fire and need more caloric intake, or who are tending towards being underweight or depleted, they might want to add a little bit of fat and protein in terms of the nuts, the seeds, and the ghee. Okay, yeah. Um, otherwise, a cooked grain cereal would be another mm -hmm. typical Ayurvedic breakfast. This could be oatmeal, but it could be brown rice with almonds. It could be quinoa. And any of these can be made into more of a sweeter or savory preparation. Right. right. And so we only think in terms of the sweet, which is fine. Although Ayurveda would say that pungent, bitter and astringent tastes are actually better in the morning to offset the kappa, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The kappa time, right? And so pungent, bitter and astringent. So these would be, this would be like a spiced oatmeal with things like turmeric and black pepper and ginger and potentially some vegetables, some sauteed greens can be with that. But if that's way too outside the comfort zone for a typical American, then of course, any of these cooked grain cereals can be made into a sweeter preparation where we might include cinnamon, cardamom, ginger, clove, nutmeg, um, and again, a, a little bit of ghee for some, some fat and lubrication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I usually, I usually do incorporate the ghee in my stewed apple. Beautiful. It just makes it no, a little bit more, ah, you know, it's got a little yes, more. Yes, yes. A little more grounding, um, yeah. get a little bit more of that mouthfeel, that satisfaction, yep. right? Yep. Now, Ayurveda is not necessarily anti-smoothie, but um, the typical modern nutritional smoothie is really a gut bomb for the reasons that you mentioned. It incorporates way too many moving parts. There's way too many ingredients that are conflicting with each other. Yeah. Um, and so if we simplified that, we don't combine dairy with fruit, that would already be a step in the right direction. If we added more spices, that would be another up level of your smoothie. And if we try not to take it cold, but at least room temperature, if not even warm, that would be even better. And then if you make it more seasonal, so having a smoothie in the spring all through the summer would be much more appropriate, definitely than a cold smoothie through the fall and the winter. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now we're moving along. We, we, we ate our eight o'clock peak 
breakfast nice kindling yes breakfast. Mm-hmm. And now, now we've moved to pizza from 10 a.m to 2 p.m digestion's highest and we're gonna have a nice nutrient dense meal That's not right. necessarily a smorgasbord of all kinds of foods when you say it's your largest meal people say oh yeah well, i'm gonna go at it during pitta but not, that's well, not necessarily. What I'll tell you, if you were going to go at it, this would be the time to do it, yeah. right? And so Ayurveda would say, yes, um, you can have uh, as many components as would be appropriate for your particular body type. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were going to have dessert, even this would be the time to do it. If you're going to eat animal protein, this would be the time to do it. Okay. Right. Rather than in the evening hours, right, uh, when our digestion is not optimized, and on top of it, we are going to hibernate. Right, we're going to sleep. So you know, it, this would be the time that you want to have a meal that is sufficient to satisfy your needs to get you from the midday all the way through to the early evening, where then you might just have a little supplement right? Mm. A little supper, a little supplement to your diet, again, if needed, but it's not your main meal, right? The main meal would be at that noon hour or somewhere in that pitha window from 10 in the morning till two in the afternoon, right? Right, right. Um, So, you know, we do have uh, a measurement in Ayurveda, which is called an Anjali, and that is two of your cupped hands put together, which is individualized, right? So a linebacker is going to have huge hands, and this is the amount of food that is appropriate to fit in your stomach at any one time. Now think concentrated food. This is not like leafy greens that haven't been chewed down, right? Right. But concentrated food. So a little five-year-old kid is going to have a different measurement, a different anjali that's appropriate for their body. Right. 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 Um, and so you can just kind of get a visual of your two cupped hands together. Right. That is the amount of concentrated food that comfortably fits in your stomach where you're not over full, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we want some moisture, some liquid, some hydration in with your food. Of course, there's going to be some proportion, the larger proportion is going to be solids, but then we also want empty. We want space. Right. in your stomach at any one meal so that you have plenty of room for the stomach to mix and churn, contract and digest that food. Right. Yeah. And so you, you have a, like a little light soup maybe in the evening or just like something very light and easy to digest. And, and then you might go evening stroll Absolutely. at that time. Right. So then the sun starts to set mm-hmm. and what happens when the sun starts to set and hormonally the melatonin is released when the darkness comes? That's right. Exactly. So I know that circadian rhythm has become a hot topic. Well, I guess I wanted to ask about insomnia. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's where I'm thinking and going with this is that, okay, when the sun goes down for me, I struggle to stay awake past nine. Nice. For whatever reason. Good thing. Yeah, it's just always been that way. But what happens to people who don't respond to the sun going down? And they're, is it something that's not, are they not connected to the circadian rhythm? Is there such a thing that you disconnect from it? What happens in that? Yeah. Um, Well, Ayurveda would explain it again in terms of the doshas. Right. And so when you have an excess of really two energies, um, it can be one or both of these energies. One is vata, 
where you have too much of the etheric and airy qualities. Um, and so your nervous system is in a high vata state, right. right? So you have too much coldness, lightness, dryness, and mobility within your body. And so their minds are quite active, their nervous systems are overactive, and they tend to have very active minds that can prevent them from falling into a nice deep sleep. But also we have to consider the environment is a factor, right? Because again, if we took these same individuals and we put them in nature without influence of artificial light and sound and electronics, then they often will not have those same issues. So if you, it's a bad combination when you have high vata, right? Cold, light, dry, and mobile in an environment that is a hyper stimulated environment, right? And so you've got a lot of artificial light, you've got a lot of artificial sound and a lot of electronics, Mm -hmm. which that electromagnetic field energy is alive and well and influencing our nervous systems. Again, just because we can't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, Right. right? And so they have to be particularly tuned into shifting their environment towards one that would support the production of melatonin first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So the very first thing we do with these individuals, and again, these are individuals that are having difficulty falling asleep, right? Not the other type that we talked about, sleep maintenance insomnia. Although, you know, these uh, recommendations would be beneficial for those individuals as well. We have to make sure that the lights stay low in fact, we want to mirror that circadian rhythm. Right. Um, and so we want to make sure that we don't have a lot of artificial light stimulation. We want to maybe just be experiencing candlelight uh, in the evening. We might want to use aromatherapy so that we have calming sense smells in our or aromas in our environment. Mm-hmm. And we also want to have soothing sounds, right? This is not where you want the news blaring that is only going to trigger more vata in your nervous system, right? Exactly. Or the other is pitta, right? And pitta is fire. And so some individuals may have too much fire element that is keeping them from sleeping. And so these individuals will usually experience insomnia um, for one of two reasons, and sometimes both. One would be temperature. It's too dang hot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're overheated. And um, especially in the pitta season, the summer, Mm -hmm. um, when they're exposed to a lot of light and a lot of heat, that can overheat their bodies and prevent them from falling asleep. The other one tends to be more mental emotional. And so where with vata, the difficulty falling asleep is usually coming from the monkey mind, a lot of irrational concerns, worries, and overwhelm. With pitta, it's usually something specific. They have a deadline, they have a goal, there's some conflict in a relationship, right? It's something that they are turning over in their mind, they're trying to accomplish, and that the heat of that focus is what's really keeping them up. Um, And so for them, it's similar in that we want to consider the environment, we want to adjust the environment, but we want to make sure that it's cool along with dark and has cooling aromas, soothing sounds, water, nature, and definitely avoiding stimulation from conflicting subjects like news, social media, and quite frankly, for both electronics, because we know how important this is now, that blue light that's emitting from our electronics is literally suppressing our production and release of melatonin. 
Mm. Right. And so we really have to make sure that we are tuned into that influence now in modern times. And by the way, this is going to be very important for parents to tune into with their children, yeah. right? As they have all of this blue light coming into their little nervous systems, we really have to regulate our exposure to that, especially in the evening hours. So if we want to catch that cup of wave and fall asleep by 10 o'clock, we're going to have to be turning our electronics off around eight o'clock to have a good two hours of uh, light fasting, right? Yeah. From the blue light so that we have the proper production of melatonin. We get that sleepy sensation. It's easier for us to fall asleep. We will sleep more soundly through the night mm -hmm. and we'll wake up feeling a lot more refreshed, especially if we wake up in that Vata time. And so when people don't turn off their electronics and the whole world is lit up, you know, everybody yes. has cell phones and computers and do those emissions, do they affect us internally as it, it, it's relating to the circadian rhythms? I mean, do you think there's a long-term effect on the human body with all this kind of light pollution or whatever you want to call it? There's, you know, there's a lot of research going into this. Right now, it's it's a little on the outskirts. It's definitely not mainstream. It feels a little fringe to, you know, the average uh, modern uh, person. Yeah. Um, but I think as time goes on, we're going to find out how exactly this is affecting us on a cellular level. My prediction is it's not going to be good news. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right? with you. I'm with um, you. I mean, that, because again, we're talking about what we're learning um, not only on a cellular level with these clock genes and how they respond to light and dark, but even our microbes, how sensitive they are to our emotions, to the energy in our environment, to obviously our food and light as well, right? Just Which too much the vast majority of them. You know, Say that much, again? There's just too much stimulation all sure. the time. And we, we never have enough time to like rest, restore, and go back to simplicity and spend time in nature everybody's just in the house plugged okay. in video games you know cell phones computers it's, it's like no wonder there's so much insomnia that's right that's and right younger and you know right. it's, it's i mean starting younger where kids are just dragging when they have to get up and go mm -hmm. to school and mm -hmm. sleep i mean we know as ayurvedic people that sleep is imperative to good health i mean there's just no other way around it and I, right. I think we need to really focus on that better. It's it's one of the three pillars of health, right? Yeah. It's it's digestion, it's sleep, and management of your energy. And so we, yeah, there's no getting around the sleep piece if we want um, optimal health. And you know that's the focus in Ayurveda is to go beyond survival and into thriving, where we can pursue our higher spiritual goals. Right, because that's the ultimate focus in Ayurveda. What is all of this about? Why do we care? It's not about maximizing our longevity so that we can accumulate more things, or more wealth, more power, more prestige. None of that really matters in the grand scheme of things, uh, right? What matters is our in individual evolution, right? Our spiritual evolution. And so that's the most important thing that we are trying to cultivate in Ayurveda in being in alignment with these rhythms so that we have the time and space to pursue that uh, evolutionary path. Because that's where we are going to find we don't need the uh, constant stimulation, 
right? That's where we're not trying to escape into our electronics um, that are not about evolution, right? And so it's really important that we keep that in context, that the whole goal of yoga and Ayurveda is that uh, spiritual focus, right? Where all of those external priorities fall away and therefore we don't need to use them as a device in order to distract us from the discomfort that we are experiencing. Right? Exactly. Go yeah. Into that with our practices of yoga, of meditation, of mindfulness, um, and we dissolve all those anxieties, right? And therefore, we live a life of more harmony and ease. Exactly. That I think that's a beautiful way to end the podcast. That was just beautifully stated. And without our health, nothing. We really can't pursue anything. We're so busy suffering that we don't live lives of joy. And that's what it's all about. Exactly. Individual consciousness. I thank you so much. Mm. That was just, you know, so full of information. I'm sure people are really going to think about that and um, maybe make some, you know, good adjustments to um, support wellness. And thank you so much. You're so welcome, Sherry. If I can mention one pro tip, uh, which is just start small right? You know, our mentality that we have been socially conditioned into is, you know, an all or nothing mentality, right? This whole no pain, no gain mentality has no place in a yogic and Ayurvedic context, right? right? It's all ease. And if you make small changes that are so easy that it is impossible to say no to, then you start to transform yourself on every level. And there's much more ease and much more grace in the process right? We want this to be such a subtle shift that you don't even notice that it's happening. But then you look back a year from now, five years from now, a decade from now, and your life is completely different on all levels for the good, right? So, you know, pick just one of these things. Maybe it is working on maximizing your sleep. Maybe it is trying to get a little bit more of your dense nutrients in, in the middle of the day, right? Maybe it is having that earlier night so that you can have an earlier morning, Mm -hmm. right? But just start small, focus on one thing at a time, make that your priority, make that your habit. And then there's always room for extending beyond that. I think that is just a wonderful amount of suggestion you just gave, because I can say for my own self, um, when I began living Ayurvedically, you know, like you said, you do small steps and you you don't really see what it's doing until you look back maybe two years later, that's you right. look back and you just, you just feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you sleep better. You're just calmer, enjoying That's life right. more the little, the simple things in life. And it all happens. So automatically, it's not a big shift that it needs to That's be right. made, you know? So it's, it's That's a beautiful right. thing. I, I thank you so much. This mm. was just a wonderful episode. My pleasure. Yeah. I, I really um, appreciate your time and wisdom. Mm. Mary Alice, I really do. Again, if you want to share, you know, your offerings or your website where people can find you because for sure, you're just a gift. So where can they Mm -hmm. find you? (laughs) I appreciate that, Sherry. You can uh, contact me through my website, which is just my full name. It's maryalicequinn.com. That's M-A-R-Y-A-L-I-C-E-Q-U-I-N-N.com. Beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you. I I hope we can connect again soon and share more wisdom in Ayurveda. I'd love to. I thank you so much. You're welcome, my dear. Namaste. Namaste.
I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you would like to experience healing or give the gift of healing to another, please go to my website, www.hamsaholistichealing.com or email me at sherry at hamsaholistichealing.com or you can contact me on Facebook, Sherry Berjanski. I offer Ayurveda consultations, Reiki energy healings, reflexology and Ayurveda foot massage, tarot card readings, angel card readings, and much more. If you found this podcast helpful, please share an episode so that we can spread this wonderful wisdom of healing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Namaste.